A new AEW world champion, the reveal of the devil, and the main event of WrestleMania is up in the air again. We've only been off for our Christmas break, but 2024 looks like it will be every bit as bonkers as 2023 was in wrestling, and Earning the Bush is your one-stop weekly shop to talk all about it. My name is Jack Murley, professional broadcaster alongside professional rugby player Charlie Beckett. Charlie, happy new year, and what a wrestling year it's shaping up to be. Happy New Year, Jack. Happy New Year, everyone. And yeah, I think I tweeted on the 2nd of January, something like uh, 2024. No way 2024 can be anywhere near as wild. They give us the moments 2023 did. And two days in, already it has. 2024 was like, hold my beer, 2023. I've got you. We have started with a bang absolute scenes in professional wrestling so we're going to get straight into it remember you can support this podcast by rating reviewing and subscribing he's charlie underscore beckett on social media i'm jack underscore merley and let's get going there is only one place to start and who knew we'd be talking about this to kick off 2024 it is the return of the great one the rock is back in wwe he interrupted a segment with jinder mahal on raw beat up jinder and then teased a match with Roman Reigns that has been long anticipated, but unless our memory is deceiving us, has never before been referenced on WWE television. Charlie, only one way to talk about this. This is a bombshell. Yeah, this is enormous. So there was rumors, wasn't there, when they said that they're bringing an ex-WWE champion back for Raw Day 1. I thought the swerve with Jinder was very clever. I enjoyed that a lot. It's sort of thing that WWE in the past would have done seriously, just to annoy us, but this time there was another swerve of The Rock coming out. Um... When it happened, I felt like we were just getting a very standard run-of-the-mill rock return nowadays where he comes back, runs down the bad guy, plays the crowd, hits a rock bottom on people's elbow and leaves and we all cheer because we saw the rock. And it looked like that's what we were getting and that was fine because it's always fun to see him. Right until the end. And as soon as he said the words, or do I sit at the head of the table, I was like, well, you can't tease that and not do it. They have got to do it now. And I am fascinated and amazed at how they are in a position where they can do it. So you can't imagine The Rock is teasing that without the intention to do it or it being signed that it's being done. So somehow they are insuring him. Somehow he's got the break in his calendar to do it. He put on Instagram, didn't he, that he was um, he was only just starting with this. So I am, yeah, I am absolutely fascinated to see how this goes. So here is the thing. A few people have said to me, is this like when they teased WrestleMania in London, when Cena came out and, you know, it's one of those things you say and then it sort of disappears into the ether. We saw on SmackDown last night, we record this on Saturday, Paul Heyman cutting a promo on The Rock. This isn't something that is just dropped out there and let's see how people react. It, it, it can't be. This has got to be on the books. The question is, when? When are we going to see this? Yeah, and that's the thing with the WrestleMania London tease, you can tease that and do it in five years. Like you can wait for that. I feel with this, you have to you have to tease this and do it, and you have to do it soon and now. And when and how is the big discussion. I know I'm gonna ask you to go through what you sent me of how you do it in a second, because Jack has a lot of thoughts on this. My thoughts have changed through the week. I think a lot of people are saying, I know you subscribe to the school thought that Cody can finish his story by winning the title. I think Cody has to beat Roman for this. I, I think that's how his story finishes. I think we see Roman versus The Rock at Elimination Chamber. I know it's not an Elimination Chamber match. It is a WrestleMania main event. But we've seen with these foreign shows now, you look at Backlash in Puerto Rico, you look at Clash of the Castle, you look at Monday Bank 
in London, these massive, massive events, these massive matches happen at these events because they are dealt like a WrestleMania almost. And I think in up to stadium in front of 80,000, that is not the grandest stage of all, but is a stage that's worthy of it because that will be an electric crowd. It's a huge crowd. They need to put on a show for this massive crowd and for Australia. So I think it will be done there. I think, I think it fits that. But maybe I'm only saying that because I want to see Cody Roman at WrestleMania. I don't know. I have got so many thoughts on this. And the more it goes, the more I think that whether or not it's fair to Cody Rhodes, and I actually don't think it's fair to Cody Rhodes, my heart says Cody deserves to beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania in the main event and finish his story. That's what my heart says. My head says they're going to push Cody to one side and give us Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania because The Rock has a limited schedule and without being too morbid, Roman Reigns has had pretty significant health issues in the past. We've seen him reference his real-life leukemia story. Um, if you have any way of delivering this match at WrestleMania, I think you have to. I just think you have to if you're a business person. And I don't think you've got the story to do it at Elimination Chamber. And I think it overshadows Cody versus Roman if you do Roman versus Rock before it. So I think the only logical thing, whether I like it or not, is you have to boot Cody to one side. So talk me through how you do it then. How would you get to Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania? Fantasy book for me, Jack. Come on, we haven't done this in a while. Give me your fantasy booking of Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania. Okay, well, actually, see, I don't, I don't know how you do that. I can fantasy book how you don't do it. If I was trying to, if I was trying to square head versus heart and square these things, I would have The Rock come out and say something like, Cody, I'm a fan. I want Cody Roman too, but I'm waiting at SummerSlam for whoever leaves with the title. And you have The Rock state that his intention is SummerSlam, not WrestleMania. I think that's the only way you get out of this situation. It's by The Rock saying, I don't want Mania. I want Cody to have his moment at Mania. And then whether it's you at SummerSlam or whether it's Roman at SummerSlam, I am finishing my story there. If you, The Rock has some way of putting it. That's what I do. I think I think that's what you have to do if you want to do Cody versus Roman at Mania. But I, I, I just put your booking head on. The Rock has come back and says he wants to have a match. You work in an industry that is pretty brutal and pretty results orientated. What is your biggest main event at WrestleMania? Is it Rock Roman? Is it Cody Roman? That is Rock Roman. We all know this. We, we so you have that, to do it though. So, yeah. So the way I'd get there. So I don't want them to do this. I want to see Cody versus Roman. That's what I want to see. But if they're going to do this and if they do it, I'm sure I'll buy all the way into it. I would have, so we know now we're getting a fatal four-way at Royal Rumble for the title, which, by the way, will be awesome. I think that's going to be a really, really good match. LA Knight, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Roman Reigns. Um, fatal four-ways are no DQs. They are always no DQs. We know this. I would have The Rock come out. I would have the bloodline interrupt. I would then have The Rock come out and save whoever it is from the bloodline and even it up and square it up. I then would have The Rock cost Roman the title at Royal Rumble. I would have Randy Orton win the world title, the Universal title at Royal Rumble. You would then go to Cody versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania for the title. Finish the story by winning the title, not by beating Roman, but it's all about the WWE title. That's what it's always, always been about, about having the same title as his dad. There is so much history in Cody versus Randy. There is a lot you can tell there. I would have Rock versus Roman just be for the head of the table. There is so much story between Cody and and Randy. 
but it's not story that's been explored for a long, long time. And and this is WWE has got a real issue here. Great issue to have. Great issue to have. You've got too many talented top people. I, I let's let's tell you what some of some of the listeners and fans are saying to this, okay? Because this this is probably informative. Emma says, please make it Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania. Scott says it has to be at WrestleMania. It's too big and it has to be for the title. So Roman goes over Rock, Mad Heat, Cody wins at SummerSlam or later down the line. It doesn't matter where the story ends so long as it does. Mitch says, I'm actually okay with this happening in Australia at the Elimination Chamber. Makes a big international show even bigger. I think the only caveat is the outcome is almost a foregone conclusion. Leaves the field open for a story to be finished at WrestleMania 40. JP says, I could see Rhodes being added to Punk versus Rollins. Chris says, I think they need to remember Rock is only one match. He won't ever win the title, so Mania is not sensible. But in Australia, where they need to sell 70000 for a first premium live event there, who better than The Rock? Samuel says, I don't think it hurts Rhodes to wait another year. If he does wait another year, however, he may need an interesting storyline and quick. How about Gunther? Matthew says, Punk wins a rumble and goes after Rollins. Rock versus Reigns at WrestleMania. Reigns wins, Cody challenges and dethrones at SummerSlam. So even as wrestling fans, we are completely split on what to do here. Yeah, we are massively. And I think that is the interesting thing with the Cody Fusion story is that doesn't have to be at WrestleMania per se. That could be a SummerSlam moment. And as much as I would understand they're doing in Australia, and at the moment I think that's where they will do it, yeah, the idea of having Rock versus Roman anywhere but the main event of WrestleMania does seem crazy because that is the biggest match you can give us. Like, I'm not, I'm not expecting a five-star Tokyo Dome classic out of that. What I'm expecting is a cinematic masterpiece because... Let's be honest, The Rock looked blown up from the little bit of wrestling he did uh, on uh, Monday nights. Like, The Rock is in unbelievable shape. He's a big, strong man. I'm not sure how much wrestling cardio he has in the tank currently. They are very, very different things. So you can't be expecting a 45-minute classic from these two, but it will be story-driven beyond belief. And anyone who's listened to this knows that's that's where my money goes. I, I, I oh Man, it's, it's such a tricky one, but I, I guess... I'm just going to sort of freestyle on what my gut is telling me. This is just my gut feeling. My gut feeling is that Cody Rhodes, to finish the story, it isn't enough to win the title from just anyone. It's not. He has to beat Roman Reigns for that title, which I guess means it doesn't have to be at WrestleMania, but I feel it should. But if you say Cody gets taken out of this title picture and he beats the Roman Reigns at SummerSlam for the title, and Roman beats The Rock. That feels like the best, worst outcome. Do you, do you know what I mean? Because no no one's doubting that Roman's going to beat The Rock, are they? No, like, The Rock being Roman would be a terrible, terrible call, I think. Like, we get annoyed with Roman being part-time. The Rock is not even part-time. He's once every few years. So Roman will go over The Rock. I don't see there being any uh, capital in them doing it the other way. It's then, as you say... I still think Cody is the man to beat Roman. It is where, how, and when. Is there a problem with Cody Rhodes as a babyface? And just hear me out on this. And I don't think there is, but I'm just playing devil's advocate. Last year, everyone wanted Cody Rhodes to beat Roman Reigns until Sami Zayn came into the picture. And then at least half the fan base said, it's Sami's time. This year, we're thinking it's got to be Cody's time until CM Punk pitches back up a Survivor Series. And at least half the fan base is going... Maybe we need to do Punk versus Roman at WrestleMania. Then we see Punk challenging Rollins, and we go back to saying, yep, we're really excited about Cody versus Roman. And then The Rock pitches back up, and at least half the fan base is going, 
maybe we want to do Rock versus Roman. Now, why is Cody always a bridesmaid and never the bride? Yeah, it's very strange, isn't it, that Cody is the uh, the, the one factor across all of these issues, but not issues, the, these changes scenarios. But I think you look at them individually. Sami Zayn was at the culmination of one of the greatest storylines we've seen in the past however many years of wrestling. CM Punk returning is the one thing we all thought would never, ever, 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 ever happen. The Rock is The Rock, and The Rock versus Roman we have wanted for four or five years now before Cody was back. So if they were just any stories or any wrestlers, I'd say, yes, Cody's clearly always the problem here. Like, you can't always be involved and not be the problem. I've said that about Punk backstage, for etc. Like, at some point, you got to look at yourself. I don't think that's the case here. I think our mate Cody has been incredibly unlucky with what keeps happening to him. I, what do you think on that? I, I think... He's not done anything wrong. And and I think the problem you've got is that fans, and we spoke about this so much, fans were willing to give Cody another year. Not all of them, to be fair, but after he lost to Roman, the payoff was, don't worry, next year, he's your man, he's going to get the payoff. And everyone's invested, everyone's going, yeah, it's Cody's time. And now they might be saying, are you sure you can't, can't wait till SummerSlam for this? Are you sure you can't wait maybe till WrestleMania 41? Um... You know, it's it's just, it's hard to keep fans invested. And as much as there are the fans who desperately want Roman versus Rock, there are also the fans who desperately want Roman versus Cody and will feel jaded if for two years in a row, they don't get him finishing his story. Very true, but I do think we, we, WWE have got better at recently making other events feel big. Like, you can't do every big story at WrestleMania because you only do them once a year. And I think having Cody finish his story at SummerSlam, the second biggest show of the year, would help make SummerSlam feel even more important again. I I have no issue. I'd rethought of it. I have no issue with pushing it to SummerSlam, but I wouldn't leave it any later than that. SummerSlam, I, in my mind, is the latest you can do it. And I don't know what what would I do. I think if if you're not going to do Cody for the title at Mania, give us that Cody-Randy story. That's a really interesting story, and that's a big match. If Cody's not in a title match at Mania, give me Cody-Randy and go into the whole legacy sort of stuff. And you have to start that at the Rumble. You have to have Orton eliminate Cody at the Rumble. and Because what you can't do is have, I don't think, Cody win the Rumble, challenge Roman at Elimination Chamber. No, 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 no. no. If, if it, no. It, we don't want a Daniel Bryan situation. If he's not the guy, you have to say it at the Rumble, right? Yeah, no, no, I agree massively. And that's where the Rumble's great. The Rumble can start off title feud and uh, not title feuds Wrestlemania feuds for us and that is how I do it absolutely the other thing we're not thinking about is we're thinking about this from a wrestling fan point of view WWE is thinking about this from a business point of view who brings more eyes to your Wrestlemania from a mainstream point of view it's 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 the rock the more I think about it the more I think all the arguments about Elimination Chamber yes it's WWE's first time in Australia yes they want to do big in Australia their legacy brand is Wrestlemania this is the first Wrestlemania under the TKO Endeavor banner there is one man who can draw those casual eyes it's a rock I, I think I'm convincing myself with my head it has to be Rock versus Roman yeah everything in my head says Rock versus Roman has to main event the second night of Mania it can't go anywhere else as a fan, does that diminish your enjoyment of the event? If, if you know that you're going to get to the main event of Night 2, Rock versus Roman, and you know that Roman is going to win because he has to, because they can't end this title reign with The Rock, and they've got to keep him strong to Cody, by the time it gets to that point, are you sort of going, meh? I mean, do, do you flip it around? Do you do Rock versus Roman on Night 1? Potentially, yeah, I could see that. I could see him doing that. 
But also, n no, I wouldn't diminish it because that's a once-in-a-lifetime match. It's not the result I'm watching for, per se, it's the match. And also, I was so sure Cody was winning last year and you could, if one industry, if one company was going to do something as wild as put the title on the rock, it would be WWE. And you could see the business argument for doing it. It is just a crazy time. 2024 is absolutely bananas. This has been the main talking point, but a couple of other things from WWE before we talk a bit about AEW. Uh, Nia Jax beats Becky Lynch clean at day one, uh, which which was a huge move for Nia. Yeah, I did not see that one coming. Um, really, really great showing for Nia. Big, big win, and to do it clean as well, especially. Um, interesting if this is the start of a bit of a push for her for trying to make her strong and put her up to that title scene. But I don't mind that. Like Becky Lynch is a superstar. She is the main man in that women's division. One loss does not hurt her at all. So I, I think it's probably a good move of trying to build other superstars in that in that division at the moment. She's absolutely Teflon, Becky Lynch. People forget what a superstar she is. And she can take a loss to anyone at any time and carry anyone and she will just make the show better. Yeah, she is always interesting to watch, always fun to watch. And like I say, she's almost above wins and losses as long as she doesn't just lose, 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 lose. The other thing, and this isn't in our rundown, but I noticed it on SmackDown last night. I tell you what I'm loving. I'm loving Nick Aldis as SmackDown general manager. How good is he in that role? He's brilliant. And I actually really enjoyed both the general managers. I think Adam Pearce does a very, very good job. I think he did a good job when he was the authority figure across two shows. I think it helps being the authority figure of one show. I think we've had, as wrestling fans, really, really negative relationships with the authority figures in wrestling over the past 10, 15 years. And for completely credible reasons, they have not been good. The authority, per se, was horrific. In WWE right now, we have, on Raw and SmackDown, two brilliant, brilliant general managers, I think. And I'd be very interested with, I think we spoke about this off air the other day, it can't be long until... Regal's clause that he's not allowed to be on telly is up and I wonder if they just chuck him straight back in as NXT general manager because I know he was brilliant at that and then you have three strong general managers on three separate brands especially they're trying to bring NXT up to be a third brand again I could very easily see them making that move but then you've got Shawn Michaels as the NXT GM, which, you know, how would you boot him out and bring in Regal? I'd love to see Regal as a manager. We saw Tyler Bate debut uh, with Pete Dunne on SmackDown yeah. last night. That's 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 the place to put him as rear, because as much as Shawn, I don't think he was his general manager, he's on telly now and again, isn't he? If you wanted someone to do that role, he very easily could there. I think a tag team of Butch or Pete Dunne, whatever you want to call him, everyone knows I'd rather call him Pete Dunne, with Tyler Bates, with William Regal as general manager, chef's kiss. And on that, brilliant to see Authors of Pain back. I'm a big Authors of Pain fan and really to see what they do because in NXT, I thought they were brilliant and obviously went away for a while. So excited to see them back. They are just two big, very physical men. It is Hunter's vision of NXT brought to life. I love it. I love it. It's my dream. This is my dream. This is my favourite bit of wrestling now coming to the main roster. Who would have thought when, when NXT Black and Gold went away and they made it NXT Technicolor Rainbow and you were going, oh, my baby's disappeared and then suddenly we're getting it back on the main roster and not only are you getting it back, the ratings are great, the money is great, the viewers are great, the fans are great. It's like Hunter knew what he was doing. Almost like he's far more informed and better equipped to deal with this than we are. Interesting to see as well on the also pen then with Karrion Cross because there's a man who has been doing precisely nothing on television 
recently. So interesting to see how that works as a little stable. Absolutely. Just to go back to, to Nick Aldis, he has got the cool factor. Mm. And he's also doing the things that you would do logically if you were a manager. Now, logic is a weird thing in wrestling. But of course, if Roman Reigns wipes out the main event, you're going to make it a fatal four-way. And I love the way they did that on SmackDown. They didn't have him grab the mic and go, it's a four-way. That little tease where they just zoomed in on Heyman and Aldis and said, when you guys done celebrating? I love these little touches. WWE is so good at the moment. It's almost like less is more at the moment, isn't it? It doesn't need to be so grand and out there in the middle. Just make it make sense. Make it more real. I've said a number of times, my favourite... I know wrestling isn't real, per se, but my favourite moments in wrestling are when it makes sense logically in, in the world of wrestling and it is as close to real sport as you can get it. And that's how it would be done. So I think it's brilliant. Like oh, People have heard me wax lyrical for a long time now at WWE over the last 6, 12 months. I just think it's keeping on getting better and it's just so exciting. It really is. Um, let's talk AEW because AEW had a big end to 2023. They made some big moves. Uh, World's End pay-per-view, Samoa Joe defeats MJF to win the AEW World Championship and Adam Cole was unveiled as the devil. Uh, let's talk about the devil reveal first. I, I think Adam Cole was a logical choice. I don't think they had any other way to do it. And I thought for what he was, it was really well done. I thought it was really, really well done. And I liked that we got Cole's reveal first and then we got the four men behind him. I think it's a cool stable. I like the Wardlow's in it. That's a cool touch. Roddy Strong makes sense. The kingdom there. I think it was done very well. It made sense. I watched some brilliant videos online of like looking back over the last however many months of it makes sense when you look back at it as well. Huge Adam Cole fan. Everyone knows this. The worst look with his ankle. Brilliant way to keep him involved, keep him relevant, keep MJMF the sympathetic babyface. I thought it was as well done as it could be. To be honest, I wouldn't have changed anything about it. I thought it was as close to a perfect reveal for this story as it could have been. Sometimes logic makes sense. Sometimes, you know, you could have swerved, you could have put Jungle Boy in that position. They would arguably have been justified doing it given Adam Cole's injury. You could see them calling an audible. Actually, sensible, logical storyline beats of what we've wanted from AEW. So the fact they said, okay, it was probably going to be Cole from the start. It still is Cole now, is what you need to do. And you can build a show around Adam Cole. You can, if now is them saying, I know he's injured, but he is the main storyline driver for us, then why not? Yeah, massively. And MJF played his part perfectly. He's screaming for no, no, anyone but you. Like we, we spoke about this way back when I was in Australia when this was just starting off. This is going to backfire on MJF for him opening up and having a friend for the first time ever. Like The actual intricacies of this story and the emotional side of it is fascinating and brilliant. And they've been so unlucky with the injury, like so unlucky. AW did not deserve that. But rather than just throw it all away, they've done... I, I We are quite hard in AEW and on Tony Khan for his long-term storytelling here that he doesn't do it well enough. So huge credit where it is due with this. You've been given the worst hand possible and still made it a good long-term story that makes sense and will continue. We are all now going to enjoy the Undisputed Kingdom while still waiting for Adam Cole to be fit again and see what happens then. And I, I just have to say, I think they've handled this brilliantly. I think they have as well. I'm not sure I saw Samoa Joe winning the title as part of this storyline. That's the other thing. I think I saw the devil reveal coming. I thought that it would be after MGF retained the title. So I like they surprised me by saying, look, Samoa Joe, you're going to be our world champion. Let's see what you can do with a legitimate world championship at this stage in your career. And you can't look at that roster and say there's anyone better to have it. 
No, I, I also did not see it coming. I was shocked when I woke up and saw that. But, oh, baby, Samoa Joe's a world champion. Like, let that sink in right now. Not a developmental brand world champion. Not a ring of honor, a small brand. The second biggest, one of the two big, big um, businesses, companies in this industry, Samoa Joe is their main guy. And, oh, boy, is he behaving like it already. I absolutely love it. What do we say after Grand Slam? We all went, hmm. I, I could, I could, I'm not quite full of this Samoa Joe. If you've got seconds, I'll have another, another have, have another help in a Samoa Joe as, as a world title contender. It feels fresh. It feels different. And MJF did an amazing job with that world championship, but it probably felt like time just to shake yep. it up a little bit. And Joe's the guy to do it. And that's the thing we need to look at while we're having this conversation. MJF's world title run, phenomenal. For me, comfortably the greatest AEW world champion we've had. Like, not there's no debate around it for me. And you look at the character development he has had during that title run, and the matches he gave us, the stories he gave us. It has been a career-defining run while he's in his early to mid twenties. Like, it's the world is oyster in wrestling, and this is just the start of what he'll do. So, I think flowers and all the applause to MJF. But Joe was the right man. Joe is the right man. I loved straight away. First thing he did afterwards at the media scrum, just sit there and be like. Everyone's starting fights around here. No one picks a fight with me. Like, just sits them like, yeah, I'm the ba- the biggest badass there is in this industry. And literally, he sat there and said, like, name your favourite. Name your favourite wrestler in AEW. I'll fight him and I'll beat him. And I was like, oh, this Joe is going to be brilliant. And I'm so excited to see where they go and the matches he can have. He, he could almost be, hear me out with this comparison, but AEW needs an Undertaker figure in their locker room. They need someone you don't mess with, who calls it straight, who just lays down the law. Samoa Joe could be that guy, both on screen and also off screen, to say enough with the nonsense that's plagued us for the past year. Yeah, massively. He seems to be, from what you hear, a lovely bloke, but has no nonsense backstage as he is in the ring. Like He seems like he's very kind of lovely. I've seen him on Up, Up, Down, Down with his gaming. He likes his gaming. He's funny. He's personable. But it seems like he has that aura of you wouldn't mess with him, Samoa Joe, the character, but you wouldn't mess with Samojo the man either. Are we buying MJF being removed from the AEW roster page? Absolutely not. I was not born yesterday. I've seen this before. They're playing up to it. and watching walk out of Raw on Monday. Yeah, exactly. The, the other thing I want to throw in there, Adam Copeland and Christian Gage had the match that probably they were dreaming of having when Adam Copeland made the jump from WWE to AEW. A brutal, bloody anything goes match which had throwbacks to all their previous ladder matches and and i think that was a follow this kids let let's show you what these two veterans who both had been retired for significant amounts of time still had in the locker yeah because of all the madness of new year all the wrestling has gone i almost missed this it almost passed me by this has happened and then i realized it had i took time to watch it it was just excellent these two you can see as much as they hate each other you can see how much fun they're having doing this together like just imagine, like, think about your best mate and just imagine living your dream with them after you thought it had been taken away. Like, I I love this for them. It was a brilliant match. I like that they came back to all the stories of their past career. And then I would, did not see the swerve of Kill Switch coming in and taking the title back at the end. That, uh, that got me. I thought it was actually quite well done. It was stupid, but logical stupid. And you yeah. can, if any storyline can get away with it, it's sort of this one because yeah. that can't be the end of it. Um, I, I just thought, really good pay-per-view from AEW. Annoyed there are more titles that this Continental Crown seems to be another, but we 
maybe our resolution for AEW this year should be to accept there are just lots of titles and we have to make our peace with it. Well, did you see John Moxley at the last uh, media scrum where he forgot what title he was fighting for and said, I don't know which one there is. He swore there's about 64 of them. Like Even he's openly mocking how many titles there are, so I think we're allowed to. So I'm I'm not signing up to that New Year's resolution. No, I will not do it. There are too many titles in AEW. I am, that is the hill I will happily die on. Yeah, you're not wrong, but you can take care of yourself if a John Moxley comes knocking. If no, comes knocking. No, 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 no. I would lose a fight to John Moxley. I'm worried he'll hear this. I'm worried he'll find out. No, John would beat me up. He had a very, very cool outfit at the New Japan Cross Show recently as well, where he's there's Red Hood. That's the thing. There's just so much wrestling. I missed that as well. I didn't realize that was happening. So much is going on. Let's talk about New Japan briefly, which we rarely do, but two former WWE stalwarts have turned up in New Japan. Firstly, Dolph Ziggler, now Nick Namath, turns up at Wrestle Kingdom. And then, and this really passed both of us, but I think we both saw it on Riddle's Instagram stories, that Riddle has made an appearance at New Japan, or will be making an appearance, so two big WWE names saying, let's see what we can do in Japan. Firstly, my favourite thing is when someone leaves WWE and they have to do a new name and they're like, oh, I can't be arsed making a new one. I'll choose my actual name. So Nick Nemeth's in, it's just Nick Nemeth that I really enjoy. Um, everyone in the world knows what a great wrestler Dolph Ziggler is. No one has ever questioned that. He, in what, around 2013, 14, was so hot in WWE in his world title run, Mr. Money in the Bank. He will do brilliantly in New Japan, I think, and I think he will be out there with a point to prove that he can still go at the very top of a card. I'm excited I'm- to see what he does. I'm surprised, sorry to cut across you, but that's a really good, I'm surprised he's done it because he's got so many other things he can do. He's funny, he's got a stand-up career, he must have made oodles of money. He doesn't need to prove himself in New Japan. He doesn't at all, but I think it's probably the competitor and the more athlete to like it of saying like, he didn't finish WWE on his terms. I think we were all very shocked when we saw Dolph Ziggler. I think we all thought Dolph Ziggler would be a life for in WWE for he'd given an you could still roll Dolph Ziggler out for a World Championship match with Seth Rollins. They'd give you a great match and it wouldn't feel like it wasn't credible. Like you knew Dolph Ziggler wasn't going to win, but you could understand the match happening. I think he wants to show that actually, even though WWE in the last few years didn't use him that way, he is still a top of the card talent and could go. And I love that for him. He doesn't need to do this. He's doing this for either one of two reasons. Because he wants to prove everyone else wrong. Love that. Or because he just loves wrestling and love that even more. So I'm excited to see that. I'm a big Matt Riddle in the ring fan. The wrestler Matt Riddle, I'm a big fan of. It's well documented elsewhere, the issues he has outside the ring sometimes. If he can keep them under control, he will. his style will go very well in New Japan as well because he wrestles stiff. Yeah, and I saw that video where he is absolutely pounding away at a, at a sort of a, a kick bag, a punch bag, and you go, yeah, don't forget, he is a badass wrestler and a badass MMA star. So, so much wrestling going on, but let's do everyone's favourite part of the pod, back to developmental and earning the push. Something from everyday life we love, something we hate. We tend to say it can't be wrestling related, but sometimes we bend the rules. Do you want to go first or second? I'll go first this week. Uh, back to developmental is first. The two people who come to my front door and disturb me during this recording. Jack has been very patient today and has some editing to do because twice I've had to get up. I'm going to edit this out, but what I will say is there was one point where you said, I've got to stop. It's my new boots being delivered. And then you came back after about a couple of minutes and said, it's not, it's just my barista coffee. And I thought, oh, Charlie Beckett in a nutshell. Yeah, I got a new coffee machine with Chris and it's my barista coffee milk jug that I needed. Um... So that's bad. But the, my main bad developmental is actually uh, something I did this week, and I text you about this. I accidentally committed the wrestling fan cardinal sin, and I need to send a big apology to the brilliant taxi driver I had in Dublin back to the airport. 
Because as I was getting in the car on New Year's Eve, I was telling my better half, who, bless her, doesn't like wrestling, but listens to me talk about it, about Adam Cole being the devil and MJF losing the title to Samoa Joe while the taxi driver was putting our bags in the taxi. And he looked me in the eye, he went, was that last night? And I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, it was. He's like, I was going to watch that when I get in after my night shift. And I was like, oh, no. And I was like, I am so sorry, my friend. I've Honestly, I've done a few bad things in my life. I've never felt worse than this. Because the one thing you never want done, if you are, because this poor man has worked the whole night. I think we were his last drop-off before he was going home to watch it. And I've ruined it back. And I felt dreadful. I'm on your side with this. I think it's, okay, if it was WrestleMania, you you could sort of go, yeah. the fact that it was World's End, by by AEW standard, a B show. What are the odds that your taxi driver is an AEW fan who had avoided the spoilers to such an extent he didn't want it? I think I think you've got unlucky there. I, I, I know, I know, but I just felt awful. So a huge apology to that man. And then I couldn't even, we chatted wrestling the whole way to the airport and I couldn't even bring myself to plug our podcast to him because I was like, I'm not going to be the cheapskate that does that. So if he does find it somehow, sorry about that. Uh, and my earn the push is I'm having two because I'll forget either of them if not and they're both great first of all Dublin we went for a few days in between Christmas and New Year and it is a wonderful wonderful city with wonderful wonderful people we were there for three days four nights and it was brilliant and it doesn't even matter if you don't like or drink Guinness there are other things to do in Dublin I learned so um, just for me you've said that well no there are other people I also did drink a lot of Guinness <laughs> um, but no so brilliant city and loved our time there so big up Dublin and also, um, Fool Me Once on Netflix, which is the newest adaptation of a Harlan Coben thriller um, on Netflix. Really, really good series. It's eight parts. On New Year's Day, myself and my partner watched six of them back to back because she wasn't particularly well and we had nothing to do. So we finished that this week. It is brilliant. So if you like a good whodunit crime thriller, twist and turn sort of show, very me. Uh, that is on Netflix at the moment and is really, really good. Excellent. I'm going to, for my back to developmental, I'm going to, probably like your partner, this horrible cold that's going around, this, this sort of chest cold. I've had a bit of it. So that's one of my back to developmentals. My, my actual one is people who are in great shape, who are posting on social media at this time of year, 2024 is when I get myself into great shape. All right. Enough. Stop it. You're in great shape. We're not giving you the likes. No one is, is falling for your tricks. Don't seek validation from other people going, no, you look great. You're so fit already. Because it, it messes with people's head and it's stupid. Don't do it. No, I agree. Uh, I think one of the worst traits a person can have both themselves and also the effect it has on other people is seeking validation for things they don't they shouldn't need to be validated for. So yeah, that is something. Also, social media is a really tough and horrible place this time of year, I always think. There's lots of people being like, oh, you must start afresh and you get, you know what? No, you don't have to. If you do have a New Year's resolution that you want to get a bit fitter or drink more water or read more books or drink less coffee or quit drinking or swag or any of these things, great. If you don't, also fine. Like, it doesn't matter. Just be, just get through the day. Just get through the day. Be kind. Yeah. Do a good deed for people every once in a while. Like your family, like your friends. You're golden in my book. Don't put photos of yourself in where you're looking in a mirror, blowing out your eight pack and going... Oh, I mean, too much. No, stop it. Enough. Okay. You're yeah. better than that. So that's my back to developmental. Earning the push for me is a show called Jury Duty on Amazon. I've, I've no, I've heard about it. I know the premise. It sounds mental. 
Right. So uh, th- no spoilers, because I'm going to give you the premise and I'm going to tell you how it confused me. So the premise is everyone in this show is an actor faking a trial apart from one guy who's dumped in the middle of it who doesn't know that it's all fake. So it's like it's like a prank. The guy who gets dumped into the middle of it is so kind and so nice to everyone that I got to the end and I thought, oh no, I must have misunderstood. He's got to be an actor and he's pretending he's a normal person. No, he is a normal person. So I've now had to go back and re-watch the whole show again knowing that he's just a regular guy and you will come out and you will think Ronald Gladden is the nicest man ever. So you need to watch it. If you haven't, it's on Amazon Prime, but it's on the freebie section so you don't have to pay for it. It is sensational. Yeah, I've heard lots of very good things about actually how it messed with people's minds a little bit, how it's a bit of a uh, wild experiment of just human people feeling like they felt bad for Ronald Gladden at the end, that he didn't know. So, so I, I am, I, it is on my list of shows to watch. I'll be interested to see what you think about it, but if you need something good and kind-hearted, just knowing this guy didn't know a thing that was going on, just I think people will like it. So look, we've got to wrap up with something wrestling-related. We've talked about here's, there's, and everywhere's. Here's one for you, Charlie. Where is Mercedes Monet ending up? The former Sasha Banks. I think AEW. I think it sounds like she wants to come back to WWE. It sounds like she potentially wants a bit too much money. But that is the sort of thing they would say and then have her come in the Rumble. So, because then I think I saw that her thing was back, her profile was back on the website, and then it was taken down. That doesn't happen by accident. I'm going to say AEW, but it's Rumble season. I'm going to say she turns up at the Rumble, fully expecting her to turn up on Dynamite next week, because that's how mad it is. But she put up on her Instagram stories Triple H behind her in like a photo of her. Oh, she knows what she's doing. Wrestlers, wrestlers now who are free agents or not in WWE just have the best time on Instagram. Like, they could have nothing to do with WWE and then just put a picture of Triple H. Like, I could put a picture of Triple H on my Instagram and I reckon someone would say that I was going to WWE. Yeah, well, that would upset your new club that you've just signed for. If you were That would, yeah. Sorry, guys, I'm off. Cheese and a move. Well, look, it's been a busy one to start the year. We'll wrap it up here. Remember, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening. Give us a follow on the socials. Eat Charlie underscore Beckett where you do your socialing. I'm Jack underscore Merley. Who knows what 2024 is going to bring? We'll talk about whatever it is here on Earning the Push. Until next time, enjoy your wrestling week and bye-bye. <laughs>